Paul's Church. Good morning, everybody else that's listening, watching, tuning in. Uh, praise the Lord, we get to be here today. It seems like a long time. We've had illness in the family, and uh, we just didn't want to spread it around. <laughs> As a nurse friend of mine says, spread the love. Well, I don't know how much love there is in spreading around a bug, but anyway, I think she was being facetious. But nonetheless, uh, it's good to be here in the house of the Lord once again with our, some of our favorite people. Good to see you guys, everybody. Let's go ahead and open up in prayer. Thank you, Jesus, Heavenly Father, Lord, for this building. Thank you, Lord, for these people, for these people are your church. Thank you, Jesus, for those, Jesus, that want to serve the Lord. Lord, we get so much help and encouragement from uh, those that are here. We look at their bright, shining faces, and Lord, it, it stirs us up to want to keep on keeping on with you. We praise your holy name. And if there is anybody listening out there that needs Jesus, this is your day to open up your heart to him who loves you, who loves you more than a mother, more than a father, more than anybody. Jesus is the king. We accept him into our hearts, our lives. If we've done anything, we say, Jesus, please forgive me. I surrender all of it to you, Lord, in Jesus' holy and beloved name. One thing I was thinking of coming down here today was how much we really like these things right here. We love our phones, don't we? And if, if you're like me, sometimes I like to flip it on and, you know, see what's going on and this, that, and the other. But did you know that these can take up too much time? Did you know that these phones right here can steal time away from spending time with the Lord? And Jesus has dealt with me about that. And we need to be able to put our phones down. We need to be able to walk away from electronics. It is so important because our time with Jesus needs to be more important than these things right here and any other electronic device that we use. So I just wanted to put that out there. Um, it helps me to talk about it because, honestly, it encourages me. I need to hear that. I really do. So, Lord, we pray, Jesus, that you would help us to use our time wisely and give you the time that you so deserve. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, thank you, Annie. Mm -hmm. And she's right. We've missed you guys. Um, this is <clears throat> two Sundays we missed in a row due to uh, things in our family. And we're so glad to be back. This is the Pulse and Gasaway. I'm John and Cynthia Sandy. We have our program from 10 o'clock to 1045 every Sunday morning. Megan Stout did an awesome job filling in the last two weeks, even pulled off a few jokes. <clears throat> You're so proud of her. You've come a long way, Megan. <laughs> so thank you so much and all of you up there for helping us out. Today we're going to start a new series entitled Seed, Time, and Harvest. But if I was to do it phonetically or do it in a way to really emphasize the topic, I would say Seed, Time, Harvest. 
So often we look at planting seeds as <clears throat> an instant response. And sometimes it's not, but it's still coming. And sometimes we learn through testimonies there are people that it's delayed because the ones God wants to use are not obeying or are not doing it on the time that God gave them. That can happen. So be encouraged if you plant seeds and you're waiting for a harvest. Sometimes it's in the faithfulness of those around you. <clears throat> I could give you different examples of people that God's spoken to right on time to help someone that's crying out for help. And they were delayed because maybe they've never done it before. They're just reluctant. Different reasons. But they finally come through. So be encouraged if you have to wait a little while. And also, one thing I want to cover about seed time harvest is the things that we need to do to release it. The things that the, the way we participate in receiving. Because God's word is full of promises. In the NIV... 1,784 times the word if, if is used. So we know there's a lot of situations where God is saying, if you do this, I will do that. <clears throat> it doesn't mean that God doesn't want to release it. It's just that our faithfulness allows us to receive it. Let me say that again. It's not always us waiting for God to move. It's him waiting for us to believe so we can receive. Okay? Seed time harvest. Let's start out <clears throat> with a scripture that kind of relates to that. I don't have my wife read it. It's in, it's not going to be up there, guys. I don't think you'll have it. You may find it. Matthew 5, 23 and 24. <clears throat> Matthew 5, 23 and 24. She's going to read from the Amplified Version, and it's very close to the one that I have. Go ahead, honey. <clears throat> Here we go. So if you are presenting your offering at the altar and while there you remember that your brother has something such as a grievance or a legitimate complaint against you, leave your offering there at the altar and go. First make peace with your brother and then come and present your offering. That's 23 and 24. Okay. Uh, one translation says, and then come back and... Work it out with God. That's one translation. So you can see right there, thank you, honey. Mm -hmm. There's one example right there as we just get started where if we do certain things, God can do certain things. And I've seen different situations where God has tied our giving to our healing. And in this case, <clears throat> our tithe and our being clear with God are closely entwined. So here we are, <clears throat> we're going to get into other areas like this, but I wanted to start out with that thought just to let you know that God wants to bless you. He wants to encourage you, he wants to help you, he wants to provide, but he also says in many cases, if you do this, I'll do that, and we could go into those. There are a number of things where it talks about giving. <clears throat> For example, and we're going to talk about this, <clears throat> if you bring your, your tithe into the to the storehouse, which is the church, so that there may be food that he would bless you beyond measure. Now, keep in mind, the word blessing 
is not just financial. He may ask you to give financially, but your response may be far greater than just finances back. It may be the healing in your body, salvation for a soul. God may say, I want you to do this. If you remember <clears throat> the man that was healed of leprosy, he said, don't tell anybody. He said, go to the high priest, show yourself clean, and then put something in the offering. Isn't that interesting? So our giving of our money should be the easiest thing we do to obey God. If we cannot trust him with our finances, then we're going to struggle with trusting him with other things that are very important to us. So this is an important topic for many reasons. So let's break it down a little bit, okay? Okay, Mark 4.28. <clears throat> Mark 4.28 for the New King James Version. For the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. Now why is that there? Mark 4.28. It's showing us that in planting seeds there is a process. You plant the seed, you nurture it. We're going to talk about the soil here a little bit too. And you plant a seed, you nurture it, you grow it, and the plant grows in different stages. It says here, first the blade, coming out of the ground, then the head, the main part, after that the full grain in the head. So we can see that there's a process in growing things and producing things from seed. There's time, harvest. And there's our example right there that we need to realize that <clears throat> there's a time involved. Not only that, it tells us in the scripture that there are different stages to the growth. So when you do plant a seed, <clears throat> you may see immediately something come out of the ground for you, figuratively and spiritually speaking. And as you do that, as you trust, as you continue to believe, then that grows and grows till it produces nourishment for your body, whether it be in form of something physical, spiritual, some desire of your heart. God cares about your desires. And if we delight ourselves in him, he'll do that. <clears throat> everything, <clears throat> excuse me, everything in the universe has a seed. Everything. Now, you can't produce anything without a seed, right? You have to have a seed. And a seed in itself is a miracle. Spiritual seeds are planted through our words. Spiritual seeds. Now, you can plant money. You can pray. You can fast. You can plant seeds in different ways to release the outcome. So whenever you have a spiritual need, remember, it's your words that's, that plant that seed. Example, <clears throat> you get up, you're believing for a healing for something. He said, in the name of Jesus, I stand on your word. We go to his word to know what we could stand on. I claim that, and I'm going to be obedient to the word that it says I need to do. Then later in the day, you find yourself going, man, this will never happen. What did you just do? You just <clears throat> caused your seed not to grow. It stopped right there. Now you can repent and go on. I've done that, and God will help you, and you'll continue to believe. 
So it's important when we plant our seed that we allow the full time that's needed and then see the harvest. Now, in my case, my wife's case, when we plant seeds, <clears throat> we also are believing uh, for a harvest, but when it comes in, we try to take a portion of that harvest and replant it. Just keep replanting. <clears throat> the Bible says he'll give seed to the sower. So if you're willing to sow, he's going to bring in seed for you to sow. That's exciting. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the seed that you're planting, it may be spiritual seed through your words. It may be a physical seed, like you're growing a garden. It may be money. It may be some sacrifice that God is requiring of you to plant a seed. And then we're going to talk about the different ways of sowing and why they're different and how they're different. Spiritual seeds, <coughs> excuse me, spiritual seeds are planted through our words. A man-created seed will not work. And every seed is a miracle. You cannot create a seed. You have to have a seed. You must be given a seed. You're not going to open up. You're not going to get up in the morning and look in your shoe and find money. Unless you stuck it in there night before. God's going to bring that in. And then what are you going to do with it? You're going to plant it for the things you're trusting for. <clears throat> Folks, it's really important that we first seek him first, do his will, not our own, so that whatever we're asking for, especially if it's a desire of your heart, that God can put his blessing on it. See, God can't put his blessing on everything you claim. I heard a minister the other day say, <clears throat> you can't just go repeating something over and over again to claim it. It's mine, it's mine. I said it 50 times a day. <clears throat> it's mine. You've got to have something in the Word that allows you to claim that. You must follow the Word of God. He said, if you delight yourself in me, I'll give you the desires of your heart. Well, that's a big if. Are you delighting yourself in him? Are you clear with him? So that he can tell you things. He'll give you desires. I've had God fulfill desires in my life that you would seem would be spiritually unrelated. But God has a way of tying everything we believe for as we seek him first. That's key that there's something spiritual in it as well, not just the desire of your heart. He wants to do much more. <clears throat> he wants to bless you. You're his children. <clears throat> he wants to give you the desires of your heart as you seek him. There's a gentleman <clears throat> who worked very hard for God. He was an awful sinner. <clears throat> and he got saved, <clears throat> and he started seeking God. And God involved in the full gospel men's business. And work for God tirelessly all the time. We also had farmland. And because of his work, he neglected his farm. And he thought, well, since I'm obeying God, I'm doing God's will, I'll just go buy all this seed. It's a true story. <clears throat> I'll go buy all this seed and I'll plant all these acres a week before harvest. Because he'd been faithful to God. So he spent all this money with seed and planting a week before harvest. <clears throat> when the harvest came in, nothing happened. He didn't have anything. And he went to a man of God and he said, 
why did that, my faith not work? I've been obeying God, being faithful. Well, folks, <clears throat> whether you have been obeying God or not, <clears throat> I think he spent about $500,000 on seed alone because of the size of his property. He found out that God, you can't cut corners with the harvest. You cannot cut corners on seed time harvest. You can't cut corners. So, he learned a valuable lesson that no matter how faithful you are, God, everything operates by laws. God set up laws for everything, from the beginning of creation to everything. He spoke things into existence, and he taught us how to do that. But you can't bypass laws. And I've said this different times. <clears throat> you, you break the law of gravity, you could get hurt. You try to jump off something, I don't care how close you walk with God, <clears throat> you jump off a building, you're going to die. Because you cannot bypass the laws of God's nature. And God put everything in effect with laws. Even faith operates in laws. You must believe. You cannot fake it. You cannot plant a seed and ignore it. <clears throat> You've got to be doing God's will. In order to release these things, I'm hoping some of this stuff is being coming clear for you. So he found out the hard way, this businessman, that you can't cut corners just because you're obeying God. Now, if God told him to do something, that's different. But he was assuming that because he was faithful, God was going to now do something that broke the laws of seed planting. So be encouraged if you're waiting on something. <clears throat> there are different things that can hold it up. You cannot rush a harvest. As I said, there are no shortcuts. Matthew 13, verses 2 through 9. Matthew 13, verses 2 through 9. This one's from the New King James Version. Then he came, then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, <clears throat> Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up <clears throat> because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root withered away. And some fell among thorns, sprang up, and choked them. But others fell on good ground. Say good ground. And yielded a crop. Now listen. Some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. None of the seats thrown were bad seeds. Keep that in mind, now, folks. <clears throat> we're talking about someone that's throwing seeds and planting seeds. The seeds are good. All the seeds are good. Now, we'll talk about bad seed. But these are all good seeds. His intentions are good. But your results are based upon following the laws of nature, following God's laws of reciprocity 
increase in whatever you're trusting for. <clears throat> None of the seeds thrown were bad seeds. <clears throat> it is important that we don't cast our pearls to swine. We need to follow up with seeds we plant, if possible. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you another little story here. And I'm going to take you into a little area of seed plant that maybe you haven't thought about. Okay? Because we're going to go back to these scriptures and we're going to break down what I just read for you. <clears throat> this is a teacher in a classroom. <clears throat> now, the pastor told this story as a child. This is a true story. He had to sit close to the teacher. Sometimes students have to do that. I used to be a teacher. My wife's a sub. And if you go into her classroom, <clears throat> a child has his desk next to the teacher, he knows there's a problem there, right? <clears throat> so he's, he was sitting there, and he noticed that the teacher had on his desk a container with some dirt in it, one with a lot of dirt, one with a little bit of dirt. And he had planted seeds over time. <clears throat> and the boy noticed over time that the one with the shallow soil grew up quickly and hardy. I think that's interesting. But afterward, I noticed the other one hasn't come out of the ground yet, the deeper soil. <clears throat> so what happened was, after a short time after that, the one that grew fast and tall began to wither and turn white and die. Now you say, why? Because it did not have enough room for roots. Most things you plant <clears throat> so sorry. Most things you plant are the roots will be two to three times greater than the plant above ground to support and nurture and to withstand storms. This soil was so, soil was so shallow, it pulled in all the nutrients it could immediately to survive, but couldn't keep it up. So it died, and the other one came up hardy and healthy and endured because the soil was deeper. <clears throat> this is the lesson the teachers want to show them in the classroom. It's important that we understand <clears throat> not only the physical laws of nature, but God's spiritual laws in when we plant seeds. Most plants have a root system. Like I said, that's two to three times deeper <clears throat> than the ninth of the plant. My mom she lost a tree. It was actually a neighbor's tree. It was during the derecho, I believe, in 2012. And their tree during the derecho came completely out of the ground, including the roots, and landed on our house. And you begin to see <clears throat> just how massive root systems can be. It was a huge tree, very large tree. The roots are the source of drawing nutrients for the plant. Also, as I mentioned, <clears throat> the weather, excuse me, I'm so sorry, folks, just getting over some stuff. The weather is going to try to take that tree out. And if it's bad enough, it will pull trees up like it did during a derecho. If you live in this area, you know that the derecho is a very rare occurrence in West Virginia. 
<clears throat> this tree couldn't take it. It was just too much. But in most cases, that tree could endure whatever hit it because the system was strong under the ground. Now, in reference to that, let's go back and let's break down Matthew 13, 2 through 9. <clears throat> Matthew 13, 2 through 9. We're going to start out with the first one, A. <clears throat> a servant went out to sow, and as he sowed, <clears throat> some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Let me read it one more time. A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came to devour it. So you say to yourself, why would you put soil by the wayside? When you and I think about wayside, we often think of things along the side of the road that didn't make it. We have this old joke about <clears throat> how socks escape from the dryer. What they do is they hug around close to the door. And when you open the door, they get out. And when you find you ever find one on the side of the road, that's he didn't make it. That's the story behind that. <clears throat> These seeds stood. No chance at all. <clears throat> a wayside represents a place where no seeds of value can survive. Remember, the sower is not trying to grow weeds, but crops. <clears throat> now, I'm going to go back and hit on this just a little bit after we continue to break this down. If we do not use wisdom or attempt to work for God in the flesh, we can sow seeds that can choke out Crops sown by someone else. Let me read that again. If you do not use wisdom and you attempt to work for God in the flesh, and we do that a lot, we can sow seeds that can choke out crops sowed by someone else. Have you thought of it that way? You can throw seeds out, and if it's not done properly, you now follow up. You can actually cause confusion. You can actually create an environment of doubt. And have you ever seen a bad plant affect a good plant and rot it? That can happen. So we need to be aware of where we're planting our seeds at. Some fell on stony places where they did not have enough uh, earth, as I mentioned in the example. <coughs> And they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth, as I mentioned. But when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, withered away. One of the best ways to destroy a seed is with fire. You can either sow seeds or burn bridges. You thought that? You can either sow seeds or burn bridges. God wants us to be faithful. And John talks about discipleship and things. So often we brag about the number of people that we won to the Lord that day. But no follow-up, no staying in touch, <clears throat> no connecting them with a source. So it's not enough. Now listen, it's not enough to plant seeds. You've got to learn to cultivate the seed and the ground. Have you ever thought of it that way? And I'll give you an example in just a moment. 
<clears throat> I work with, with rental property, I work with the health department a lot. And I always try to comply, let them know that I care, that I want to do it right, and I want to ask some questions so I know what to do. One day, <clears throat> one of the health department workers said to me, she said, we want to thank you because we work with a lot of landlords that just don't care. It's just we want to thank you. I wasn't expecting that. But you know what I was doing? I was cultivating the soil. Sometimes when you want to reach out and love people for Jesus and you want to win them for Christ, sometimes you have to first go in and cultivate a place to plant the seed. You don't always plant the seed first. Sometimes you cultivate the soil, then you plant the seed, and then you follow up. Something that the Lord showed me. <clears throat> so they called me the other day, or they sent me a letter the other day, they do an inspection once a year or so. There are some things they want to change. <clears throat> now this was a lady that I didn't remember, but she... Um, I call, called her, and I got her on the phone, talked to her personally because she was the one that sent the letter, inspector. And I began to love on her. I began to tell her how much I appreciated how the health department has worked with me and different things, how I want to do the right thing. I really care, and I, I feel like that my real property is kind of a missionary field for me as a, as a minister. <clears throat> she had a list of things she wanted me to do, and some of them could have been quite involved. Had to do with moving some buildings and things. I talked to one tenant about the possibility of moving a building. He said, Mr. Sandy, we'd have to completely tear it down and rebuild it if we had to do that. So I got very concerned about it. Well, after talking to her for a while, here's what she said. <clears throat> you don't have to do any of that stuff. Just do these couple little things right here, which I've already taken care of one of them already. I had favor. Don't ever burn bridges. I teach my kids this. Don't ever burn bridges behind you. You can either plant seeds or burn bridges. You can do one or the other. <clears throat> so I have developed this relationship with these people. <clears throat> they had a certain amount of confidence in what I had to say, and they were willing to work with me in a ways I wasn't expecting it. And I kept telling my wife over and over again, I said, this is not small, honey, what they just said to me, that I don't have to do all this moving stuff. So keep in mind, folks, <clears throat> always keep seeds in your pocket wherever you go. Always be prepared. I know a man of God that used to carry little things around with him like a rubber band, paper clip, and different things. Why? Because every once in a while he'd run across someone that needed it. it seems like a small thing. But it's the intent of the heart that we're talking about. All kinds of ways to plant seeds. Sometimes you'll plant a seed <clears throat> and you won't even see the next step. May not have the opportunity. You may, I've, I've met people in planes and share with them and pray with them and witness to them. <clears throat> and have even attempted to stay in touch in one case. But sometimes you can't. So you now pray for God to bring in the next person to nurture them because it's a, it's a situation you can't help. In other words, you stay involved, even if it's just in prayer. Stay involved with those seeds you plant. <clears throat> so in this workplace, I've been nurturing the ground. 
And now I was able on this call to talk about my relationship with the Lord, my being a minister, and caring about these people. Planting another seed. I may talk to them again sometime, get the same person, <clears throat> and continue to develop that relationship and that seed planted. And God could bring in others. <clears throat> now, people, you could plant seeds <clears throat> in places where people are in an environment that's really tough to be a Christian in. You, know, you and I both know there are working environments that are just really tough. I, when I used to work in radio, our station was sold, and they put us in another building, totally different environment. And it was a rough environment, worldly. But I attempted to plant seeds everywhere I could in that building with DJs, program director, manager, salespeople. And I just continued to plant seeds in this environment, knowing, <clears throat> knowing these people were going to need someone to encourage them and help nurture them. And since I was there every day, I was able to follow up. And when I finally left there, they finally uh, downsized. I went to the salespeople and I said, guys, I'm, I'm getting ready to leave. And they said, yes, we heard. I said, I just wanted to say one thing. I said, please consider Jesus. But this was after planting seeds. This was after loving them and, and loving them where they are. Not get, making requirements of them so that I can now love them. I love them right where they are, whatever they believe. <clears throat> and I could just tell in my heart of the two people there, one was receptive and the other one wasn't quite receptive. That's in the, that's in, folks, that's in Jesus' hands. Your, your reward is not based upon whether people do what you say to them and grab that seed and run with it. Your reward's based upon what you did. Isn't that encouraging? You got rewards waiting on you <clears throat> because you were faithful. You did what he asked you to do. <clears throat> so God brings in someone else to try to take it from there. So you hope for the best for the people. <clears throat> so I've learned through the years <clears throat> that there are many ways to plant seeds, many types of seeds, many different types of crops. But God knows what they're supposed to grow into. And so God will show you how to plant that seed in their life. Because it will match their calling. It will go right along with who God's called them to be all along. <clears throat> God knew you before you were ever born here. He knew you in the spirit before then. Honor, respect, and self-control will build bridges, and a humble spirit will keep the bridge open. Let's say that again. <clears throat> Honor, respect, and self-control will build bridges, and a humble spirit will keep the bridge open. <clears throat> we really do reap what we sow, don't we? We really do. What are you sowing? Are you sowing? There's good seed and bad seed. What do you have in your hand? What do you have in your pocket when you go out each day? Are you prepared to sow seeds? 
one thing I have learned is that if I go out with expectations and my antennas up, I'm going to see more opportunities than I would have seen otherwise if I didn't go with an attitude of sowing seeds. Be prepared at any moment. The Bible says be prepared to give a, of your testimony. Be prepared to plant a seed. It may seem small to you. It may seem like a mustard seed that no one can already see. You can hardly tell that it was planted. But somehow through your love for Jesus, <clears throat> your desire to be used of him, he will use you to plant seeds everywhere you go. And don't be surprised when your paths cross again because he wants you to follow up with that person. At the very least, pray that God will bring in someone that would continue the process that you've started. There are many processes. I read right out the start in Mark how a plant goes through stages of growth until it's fully grown. And there are different processes that take place throughout the seed, watering, nurturing, and harvesting. <clears throat> Have you ever been in a situation where someone's been primed to meet Jesus when they meet you? I mean, God's done things in their life, put things in their path. So that when you got to them, you're the next person. They're ready. If you ever led someone to the Lord quickly and think, boy, that was easy. But God maybe been preparing them through other faithful people until they got to you. And now your job was to harvest. But the nurturing never ends. <clears throat> For see, <coughs> seed comes from seed. So you see someone harvest. Now you're going to teach them how to sow seeds. It's a never-ending process. God wants to use you to plant seeds, sometimes see the harvest, sometimes water, encourage, sometimes disciple, and sometimes to take that fully grown seed that's developed and given their lives to Jesus. Now you take them the next step and you teach them how they multiply. You teach them how they invest in others through their planting of seeds after you have seen them grow to that same point. <clears throat> Remember that you may feel like you are casting seeds that will not be fruitful. We all have that. But it, it is, <clears throat> but, it's the, it, it, but it nurtured, if nurtured, can cause the ground to become a uh, nurturing place where there is no hope where there was no hope before. In other words, <clears throat> you can work the soil and work the soil. So when that plant grows, it now has an environment to sow seeds. You can help prepare the environment for people that are new in the Lord, to encourage them, to bless them, to help them find their place. So now they not only learn from you how to plant a seed on their own. They also have been given ground to work on because you've been faithful not only to nurture them, but to minister to them, to disciple them. And now you have created not only the 
healthy seed that's grown. You've also created an environment for them to nurture others. And now all of a sudden, the work environment, as an example, <clears throat> now the work environment has changed because people are planting seeds. And the more seeds you plant, did you know that plants help to cultivate the ground? Do you know that the root system of plant helps to cultivate the ground and break it up? And the more you use that area to plant seeds, the better the ground is for sowing. So you're accomplishing different things at the same time. Thank you. <clears throat> We're going to talk about and continue to break down these different steps of how to sow seed and what happens and why are some in thorny grounds. Why do some spring up but choke off? Why do some burn in the, in the sun? <clears throat> and what can you and I do different as Christians? Because I promise you, you will run across situations where people have sown seed into someone and they've gotten discouraged. You met them? Have you ever met them? And here you come along. You didn't plant the seed. <clears throat> you didn't help it grow but that plant has not been tended to. The ground has not been dug around, the weeds pulled, watered, encouraged to grow. But you came along because the last person did not follow up or they needed encouragement. <clears throat> so now you're going to step in and keep that plant from dying. It may have died if you hadn't shown up to be at the right place at the right time with your pocket full of seeds. Jesus, I want to thank you for the privilege of being sowers of seed. Thank you for the privilege of nurturing others and to pouring into others' lives. I praise you, Father, because you're so worthy. You're so faithful. You're so kind. You're so patient with us. And yet you have called each of us to leave each day with a handful of seeds in our pocket looking for opportunities because we believe that is what you've called us to do. And we praise you and bless your holy name. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us. <clears throat> we'll continue next week with a continued breaking down of that one scripture as we move on. I pray that you hit like and share it so we can get the word out, let people know that we're here because they may need to hear this word. And guess what? When you hit like and share, you plan to see. Go and do your missionary work for the day. Plant a seed. Hit like and share. That mothers may hear this, that they may be encouraged to not give up. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you get to heaven because you did something that simple or other acts of kindness through seed planting that someone made it because you were the last person they had a chance to be, receive a seed right before they died or something. You did something that planted a seed that gave them hope. Hope is like water and sunshine. We all need hope, and we need each other. We need to encourage each other all the time. My wife is a great encourager to me, and we need to be an encouragement to each other. Folks, put some seeds in your pocket every day and ask God to show you where to drop them. It may be subtle. It may be more profound. 
And watch what he does in your garden as you nurture the kingdom of God, the church of God, in your own backyard. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.